to Venture Collective. Welcome to Venture Collective. I'm Ken Kohler, and I'm with Nick Priorello. And uh, Nick, you uh, sent me a text message recently about something that you wanted to discuss and you thought was pertinent. Let's, uh, let's have this conversation and share with me and with others what's on your mind and what you saw. And let's have a real, honest, uh, truthful, biblical conversation about this. Sounds good. Thanks, Ken. Uh, last month, I sent you a text. It was a, an attachment of an article. And the title of this particular, this particular attachment is uh, Vatican Says Catholic Church Cannot Bless Same-Sex Marriages. Now, I, um, I personally have, was brought up in the Catholic Church. And when we had that conversation, I believe on our like second or third podcast, and then I went away from the Catholic Church and then recently went back to the Catholic Church, actually got married at the in the Catholic Church as of six months ago. So it's funny how all these things come in full circle. Congratulations, by the way, six months. Yes, it was six months on Saturday, the 17th. But at any rate, back to the article. So... Like I mentioned, Vatican, the article mentions that the Vatican pretty much states that the Catholic Church cannot bless same-sex marriages. And they cannot bless same-sex marriages because uh, they don't consider it a sin. But since the Bible pretty much states that a man and a woman have to come together and multiply, that's how humankind keeps going. Uh, that they're not able to bless a, a same-sex marriage. And here's one of the quotes. Does the church have the power to give the blessing to unions of persons of the same sex? Uh, negative, replied the Vatican's um, congregation for the doctrine of faith, which is responsible for defending Catholic doctrine. Uh, the church says its answer regarding same-sex couples declares illicit any form of blessing that tends to acknowledge their unions as such. The message underlines the church's insistence that marriage should be limited to a union between a man and a woman, saying that same-sex unions involve, in quotes, sexual activity outside of marriage. In the Vatican's view, same-sex marriages are not part of God's plan for families and raising children. Like I said, uh, a man and a woman have to come together in the union of marriage in the Catholic church. There's two types of marriages. Obviously you have to, when you get married, there's um, according to federal and to state, you have to have documentation saying that you're married, hence the marriage license. And then there's a second part of it, the marriage under God. So that's where like the priest at the Catholic church comes and, and does the blessing. And um, so basically you have to be, married under God. It has to be blessed in the Catholic Church from a priest from the Catholic Church. And then, of course, you've got your the legal side of things for tax purposes, I guess you can call it, uh, the license, uh, the, lic the marriage license and whatnot. Um, they, they also state that when it comes to LGBTQ people as um, they don't, they don't uh, refer to them as like lesser members of the congregation. They're still welcomed into the Catholic Church. They're still highly, they're still high, highly respected as everyone else is. 
It's just that they cannot bless same-sex marriages, going back to the fact that it does not uh, coincide with the biblical way of a man and a woman coming together in the union under God to create a family. And like I said, that's how humankind produces and keeps moving forward. So I just thought it was an interesting article. I sent that article to Ken because we were actually talking about that. And then I just saw this article and I said, hey, take a look at it. Tell me what you think. Uh, I think it kind of goes in a line with what um, you want to talk about. And I think it's a good jumping point for what we're about to talk, uh, about, to talk about today. Yeah, thanks for sharing. So I think that there is, um, so the point of Venture Collective is to have many different topics relative to society that we see, culture that we see that's going on today, and have different topics, different viewpoints, different standards that we can discuss, but we can, even in this context, we can agree to disagree at different times, or we can have different people that are listening to this that Uh, may completely agree with what we have to say about any given topic and may uh, adamantly disagree with what we have to say. In any case, um, that's, that's where the the good thing about disagreeing comes in, but it's also about respecting one another. So even in a difficult context like this, or even in a context of atheism that we covered or mass shootings and sin and things of that nature that we discussed before, you know, it's okay to disagree right? It's okay to have different opinions. It's okay to have different philosophies, but it's not okay to push your opinion uh, on somebody else in a manner that is uh, demeaning or is demoralizing or, you know, pounds somebody into the corner, which that they have to concede your point, right? So then basically in everything we do, do it with love. And this is one of those topics. (laughs) So I I see where, I see where the Catholic church is coming from. On, On one end, there is an uprising that if somebody disagrees or talks negatively about the LGBTQ community or that homosexuality is sin, sometimes people talk about that. The first thing they say, see, that's, that's the church and that's, that's hate speech. It, it kind of comes down to hate. However, I've seen a lot of hate come towards the church, specifically the Catholics in this regard, that we're not sitting there saying, wait, that, that's also hate speech, right? Like we, we got to be very clear to try to be consistent across the board. What the Catholic church is doing, they should because they're the church, is they're, they're standing on the word of God in that moment, right? And I, yes, today's main focus is homosexuality, but I want to be very clear about a couple things. Number one, it is never okay to hate and it is never okay to bully somebody and it's never okay to make other people or discriminate against other people uh, for any reason, right? So I just want to get that out of the way really clearly. The second thing I want to talk about the fact is even though we're mainly talking about homosexuality today, I also want to make sure that I point out that we are, we need to speak about all matters of sexuality. Are we just talking about homosexuality or are we just going to be able to talk about all forms of sexuality or sexual impurity or things of that nature. So I'm, I'm going to do my very best in this conversation to keep it in context with other, with other points because the Bible does. One thing I want to 
the Catholic Church talked about multiplying and that, that God's original plan is to create one man, one woman, they're to be fruitful and they're to multiply. But more than that, the, the Bible is clear about certain things being sinful. Homosexuality falls in that line. I'm going to read it to you. It's in Romans chapter 1. Now, Paul is writing this letter to Rome, okay? This gets a little long, but I'm going to read it just for a moment because I want to keep it in context. I'm going to read out of the English Standard Version, and this is what it says. Starting Romans chapter 1, verse, starting verse 18. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all, all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible, his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power, his divine nature, has been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world, and the things that have been. So they are without excuse. For although they know God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for the images resembling mortal man and the birds and the animals and creeping things. Therefore, God they gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the cre creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Starting at verse 26. This is for this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions for their women exchanged natural relations, natural relations for those who, who, that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves a due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They were full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to pause there. In Romans chapter 1, Paul is saying that because people suppress the truth of God, suppress is like taking a, a volleyball or something, taking a ball and putting it under water and keeping it there. That's, that's what it means to suppress the truth because people are suppressing the truth of God over a pattern of their life. God gives them up. God gave them over to the wickedness of the world, essentially is what they're saying here, right? To God, it says here, right here, verse 20, verse 22, 23, and exchange the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man. So they're making exchange there. So verse 24, what does God do? Therefore, God gave them up. Verse 25, because they exchanged in the truth of a lie and worshiped. What did God do in verse 26? He gave them up. Also in verse 26, for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And then in verse 28, what did God do? God gave them up. The Bible talks in this manner about male and female desiring one another and suppressing the word of God, suppressing the truth. Is homosexuality a sin? The Bible says it is. As a minister, as a pastor, I need to stand on God's word. As a church, the Catholic church needs to stand on God's word because that is the solid rock. That is the foundation, right? But what we tend to do is we tend to pick and choose what things we want to be upset about and what things we don't want to be upset about or certain areas we want to make sure we, we jump up and down and, and we call people out for, 
but we don't look at it for ourselves and say, wait a second, we need to, we need to keep it in context. First Corinthians chapter six, verse nine says, or do you not know that the wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexual immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor the drunkards, nor the slanderers, nor the swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And what happens is people will sit there and say, see, right there, it says, nor men who will have sex with men, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. And that is in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. But so is the greedy, so is the swindlers, so is the drunkards. And, and we tend to overlook that. We, we, may, we may be greedy ourselves, or we may know of people that are greedy, but those are the ones that are also sitting in the sand. See, but the Bible says, men shall not have sex with men. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10, for the sexual immoral, for those practicing homosexuality, for the slave traders and liars and perjurers, and for whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine that conforms to the gospel concerning the glory of the blessed God, which he trusted to me. So again, that's in the midst of multiple other things that we're just, we're just picking at homosexuality, but we're neglecting or forgetting about other aspects of sexual immorality or those that are liars, those that are perjurers, right? What I'm saying is this, when we, we sit there and we look at and we pick and choose the things that we want to jump down and things that we want to accept. The church does it, society does it, and I lovingly want to say that that's not okay. We need to try to speak truth for all of it. Does that make sense? Sorry to jump on my soapbox, but I wanted to, I wanted to keep it in context. It does make sense. I mean, in short, basically, there's no sin that is neither big or small. According to the Bible, they all share the same road, so to speak. True, but and, I, will, I will say that one thing leads to another. So even when we sit there and say sexual de desires become sexual immorality or hatred becomes murder or coveting things becomes theft. So there is a point in which certain desires of our heart, certain things that we want, certain things that we yearn for become our actions. Now, is it sinful or wrong for a person of one gender to be in love with somebody from another gender? I, 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 I don't know that, to be honest with you. I, I would talk about desires and things of that nature, just like it's not okay to have premarital sex or sex outside of marriage. According to what the Bible says, he wants to keep it in the covenant aspect of marriage. But we sit there and, and when people are having premarital sex all the time, like that's not something that everybody jumps up and down about, but everybody wants to jump up and down about the fact that you cannot have sexual relations with somebody else. My advice is this. If somebody says that they are homosexual or they're struggling with homosexuality or they're attracted to somebody of the same sex, if somebody is in a homosexual relationship or somebody has desires that, that's of the same sex, my advice to everybody is that God is calling you to, to abstinence and that God is that we are not to act on those desires. Just like if you're in a married relationship with somebody and you have desires of somebody of the opposite sex that's outside your, your marriage, you are not to act on those desires. So you basically just got to stay out of um, any situation that may exasperate the desires, so to speak. And that yeah, goes we, with anything you just said. 
Yeah, we want to be of sound mind, of sound judgment. You know, we want to make sure that we are doing everything we can to keep ourselves pure, right? And to live a life that is glorifying to God. And, and I think it's important to look at it this way. There, there's a lot of people that will vehemently disagree with me. And, and even disagree with what the Bible says. And this is the point. And I've talked about this with my sin podcast. Is God the Lord of your life? If God is the Lord of your life, then we are to live under his lordship. That means he makes the rules. He tells us what we're supposed to do. And we're supposed to abide by the way that he wants us to live. Now, we have free will. With free will, we have the ability to obey God by listening to his word or disobey God by not obeying his word. The choice is ours. Now, along with those choices comes the consequences of those decisions. Adam and Eve had a choice to obey God or disobey God. They could have, they could have stayed away from the tree or they could have taken the fruit from the tree. But they should have obeyed God and turned away from the tree that the serpent was tempting them with. However, Eve desired the fruit. And if you, if you look at it in Genesis, she had a desire for the fruit. Just like when we talk about sexual desires or hatred or coveting, and that leads to sexual immorality and murder and theft, there's a point where the desires can overtake the actions. And that's what happened in the garden. That's the fall of mankind. The same is true today. We're, we're sitting there going, Dud, did God really say, when you look at Genesis chapter three, as I turn it over really quickly here in my Bible, you see Genesis chapter three, and it says, serpent said, he said to the woman, did God actually say, you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? And what he's doing is he's distorting God's word and saying, did God actually really mean to say that? And we tend to do the same thing. We say, oh, well, it's okay. We're talking about homosexuality. It's a cultural norm today. You know, we want to be able to embrace it. Did God really say that you can't be this way? Or did God really say that that's sin? Or did God really say? And there's many places in scripture where it kind of doubles down on that. We just want to speak truth about that. Yeah. So it's, you know, basically, like you said, it's like with any sin, it's like one leads to another. It's a gateway. If you're a Christian, I mean, I tend to, uh, I, I tend to uh, agree with the foundational aspect of it to where, you know, according to the Bible, this is just how it is. You know, the Catholic Church is found, just like any other church's foundation is on the Word of God. Although, you know, homosexuality in gen, you know, specifically is an, ex it seems like it's an accepted norm in society today. I mean, it's come a long way. I mean, if you want to talk about like segregation, you know, before 1964, you know, homosexuality was kind of in the same boat. You know, there was, you saw like two people of the same sex together. People would, people would either, either turn away or they would like look and stare. A lot of business owners would treat them kind of like the same way as like the African-American culture back then. You know, it's like, we can't, we can't have you here. So we're going to seat you in the back. It was illegal to have a civil union between a homosexual couple. Uh, just recently, I mean, there's a lot of states that now where it's now legal. But here's the thing. I believe in consistency. You stated before that there's a lot of things that are considered sins, uh, is considered a sin, you know, uh, gluttony. There's you know, lying, there's gossip, there's lying, adultery, yeah. there's 
fornication. There's yeah, and you know all these things are legal. I mean, somebody who drinks a lot of alcohol and destroys their body by drinking a lot of alcohol, or a lot of people who eat a lot of fatty foods. Your body is your temple. I always、uh, refer to our bodies as a rental, kind of like your you go on vacation and you rent a car. Well, we're renting our bodies from God. We have to take care of it. If you do something that might destroy the car that you're renting, there might be some repercussions in regards to having to pay out of pocket for any type of damages or anything like that. It's the same thing.、Uh, if you want to interpret it that way, I think it's the same thing, you know, with our bodies. So, you know, I believe in consistency. So, you know, why is、uh, why is the consumption of alcohol legal, or why is、uh, fast foods legal? Last time I checked, you can't get thrown into jail for having an affair. Or for adultery, you know. But you know, homosexuality was something that was considered illegal. Nobody would want to even touch that. Nobody,、uh, you weren't able to get married. And so now it's it seems like it's part of the fabric of our society these days. I mean, you walk down the street and it just everybody seems like they're just so open about it. But it wasn't like that before. So. You know, I, I believe in consistency. You know, if you know if if homosexuality is illegal, then why isn't smoking illegal, or why isn't drinking illegal, or you know things along those lines?、Uh, but like you said, it was a it's it's also a choice. So you have a you have a choice, free will,、uh, as you describe, or as as the Bible describes it, is free will. As human beings, we were born into sin, sin all around us. But it's our choice to 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 either to either go down this road or go down that road. To me, there's a little bit of a conflict sometimes that I have to think about. You know, homosexuality is.、Uh, it, I mean, I guess it is a choice. I mean, you could have a relationship with a man or a woman if you're a man, or you can have a vice versa if you're a woman. How does somebody even Get to that point. I wake up every morning. I'm married to a woman. Obviously, throughout my whole life, I haven't had any desires for a man. I haven't woke up and said, "You know what? I think, I think I have a desire to have relations with a man." It seems like culturally, women are more open about it because I've met a lot of women that could go either way. They're like, you know, love is love. Either I love a man or I love a woman. I can go either way. But with a man. There's, it's either one or another. It's either one or the other. You know, there's women are considered women who like both male and female are considered bisexual. Men that like males and females are considered gay. To me, I guess, I, I, I guess amongst all the rambling that I've just been doing, I guess the question to me is, why is it a desire for some people and for someone like me and you, it's not even a desire. We don't even think about it. You're with we're with you know we're we've been married to women, we've had relationships with women, and we never even had a thought or a desire to have any type of same sex same sex relationships. You know where's that line? I mean I know there's a lot of, you know there's no there's no evidence of a gay gene and things like that. That thing hasn't been even though they've been talking about that and stirring the pot with that. There hasn't been any evidence based off of that, but there's got to be something. Why do men desire other men, or why do women strictly desire other women? 
but some so, a lot a lot of people don't but there's a small percentage of the population that does so i did some research on that and there is about half saying one side as half saying the other there's science magazine that's saying there is no gay gene there is no straight gene sexuality is just complex there are biomarkers of same-sex attraction, including fraternal birth order and handedness. It also talks about the fact that a new study found that 30% of the subjects who reported same-sex behavior had a close relative who was also gay. So there, there is a ton of things that, that, I mean, at one point it used to be a mental health disorder. And it, I think it was in the 80s that it was taken off of that. So when you talk about why are people attracted to somebody of the same sex or the opposite sex i, I can't i can't answer that right yeah it's, it's just it's just an avenue that it seems like like you just mentioned it just seems like they've poked at so many different scenarios nobody can really come up with anything and i think that to some degree i'm, I'm, I'm right with you where we need to talk about consistency and what happens is we have people and it, it's it's habitual throughout the world right there are people that are in in deep sin of one thing, but judging you for your sin of the other. So you may have people that are struggling with pornography and lusting other women of the same, uh, uh, lusting other women that's not their wives, for example, but they're protesting and jumping up and down against the LGBTQ community and saying how that's sinful, but what they're doing behind closed doors is sinful. And that's where we need to just be open and honest. And, and I've had discussions with people before that are, are homosexual. And, and it came to the point that they said, so you're saying that it's sin. And I said, the Bible, God's word says that it's sin. And that's your sin. But let me tell you what my sin is. And I'll be open and honest, right? I have, my major sin is gluttony. I, I love food. I eat the wrong kinds of food. It is something. And because of that, my body is not as healthy as somebody like yours who practices diet and fitness and even taught on that subject uh, during two of our podcasts. So we have a consequence for what we desire and what we want, but it, it's, it's culturally acceptable for me as a heavier person to have a conversation and say, oh, well, you know, you get me in that buffet and we're in trouble, right? Like it's game over, right? But we have, it's okay in society for me to struggle with, with overeating, but it's not okay for somebody who struggles with, with, with home, attraction of the same sex. Or if you're sitting there and you have, you have, uh, you have an issue with pornography and lust, for example, we have, we have people, or even you struggle with, with addictions, right? You struggle with addictions and you can go to almost any church that can bring you to people to sit there and go, hey, we have a program in place to come and help you alongside that, right? To help you not say never be addicted to, to substances anymore. What they're going to say is how do you overcome that or how do you combat that so you don't fall down that trap? And I think the same thing is, is true when it comes to homosexuality. The Bible is clear that having sexual relations with people of the same gender is against God's will. It's against his, his desire. Therefore, we ought not to do so. And how do we come alongside our brothers and sisters and say, look, I want to help you. I want to motivate you. I want to come alongside you. I want to support you because I love you. And I want us all to be pleasing to God and not 
suppress the truth and not say what Romans chapter one said in the aspect of we're exchanging the truth of what is revealed to us and what God's word says. And what happens is people will sit there and they'll doubt God's word. I just want to say this again. This is important because it says, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. And what, what I have to say about that is this. There are people are worshiping the creature more than the creator and that they will sit there and go, well, I have a desire for food or I have a desire for other women or I have a desire for people the same sex or whatever it is that people have desires for. And they say, oh, but the first thing they're going to do is go, did God actually say, and they're going to use the words that the serpent had in the garden to distort the truth of God's word. And people are not going to honor God as God. They're not going to honor him as Lord. So they're exchanging that for the desires of their heart. Thanks so much for listening. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Venture Collective Podcast. You can check us out on Twitter at Venture underscore podcast. Please remember to subscribe and follow us so you can keep current on what we venture into next. Until our next venture together, love God and love others. Love God.